black thing go from left to right, and I thought, I'm going to die out here. No one's ever going to know. I couldn't believe what my eyeballs were showing me. I'll never forget how evil the eyes were. It was horrible. I mean, I've never seen nothing that evil. It ran towards me at a, at a rate that I, I, I can't even explain. Turned and stared at me. And this look of, I just want to kill you. I want to say it was human, but it wasn't. He was, he, was, he was yelling at me to grab a gun, grab a gun. I was like, for what? He said, just grab a gun. And there's footprints all the way to the door of my house. It had went inside my garage all the way to the door. 
Hey, thanks, Wes. I really I'm excited to be here uh, to share my my encounter that I had. Um, I wouldn't say nervous because nervous I want to get it over with, but I'm excited to to start and share with you and the listeners of what I've had. I love the show. I found it like two weeks ago, and I have to say I've been binge listening and listening to like three to five episodes a day. Um, So it's been kind of an addict. Yeah, it's been kind of an addiction to me and my family. So, yeah, I just absolutely love it. It's really an honor to be here. Yeah, no, no, no. The honor is mine having you on. Uh, and, and thank you for all the nice words, and, and thanks for listening. Uh, this encounter really, it, it's, a, it's an encounter I think most people want. They want this type of encounter. Uh, but if you would, for the audience, uh, this happened in Montana, correct, Nick? Yeah, uh, Montana while I was coming home from vacation. Uh, it was 2013, and I was with my family up in the Big Fork Kalispell area for the 4th of July. And it was July 7th, we were leaving uh, to head back home to Wyoming. And I had my wife and my two, <clears throat> my two boys with me, they were three and one at the time. And uh, so we were driving back home and it was a roadside sighting. Before I tell about the sighting, I just wanted to kind of preface it with my, my experience as a hunter for 20 plus years and being able to spot and see animals. Uh, I'm always scanning the road and looking around for animals that could either be a, a hazard and come on the road or just be able to spot animals and, and see them um, to enjoy looking at them. But I'm, I've always been really good at, at seeing deer from 200, 300, 400 yards away. I can spot a, a moose and I've seen bear on the side of the road and it takes just like a fraction of a second for me to say to identify what it is. Uh, on our ride up there, we saw a moose that was way off at a, at a different angle, and I was able to know what it was right away. I've seen bear in the the shadows before and been able to see the bear and say, oh, there's a black bear. So the encounter, we were driving past uh, Swan Lake, which is south of the Big Fork and Flathead area, and it was around mile marker 60s or 70s that I'm scanning the road looking for the animals like I always am just to make sure nothing comes on the road. My boys were asleep in the back. My wife was uh, riding shotgun with me. And um, we come up to this dirt road that kind of comes off to the right-hand side. It's kind of at about a 40 to 60-degree angle going to the right. And I look and I see something standing off on the side of the road, that dirt road, Immediately, my brain tried to associate and tell me what it was, and my brain told me there's a man standing there because whatever I saw was standing on two feet with its arms at its side, and it was looking to the left. Um, But my brain couldn't comprehend really what it was because after about a half a second of me looking, I said, that's not a man standing there. What is that? And I thought it was a fisherman at first because the the size and shape of this person was like if a man was wearing one of those rubber Alaskan fishing rain outfits. Uh, if you kind of know what I'm talking about, where the the rain hood of a, the fishing hat goes straight from the top of the, the head 
to the shoulders is what I was looking at. Um, but after a half a second of me looking at this thing, I knew it wasn't a man because I saw the side of the face and it was a flat face. It was July 7th. It's like 90, 95 degrees outside, bright, sunny day. And it didn't make sense that any man would be standing there. Uh, so I keep looking at this thing probably for a full second and a half to two and a half seconds. Its arms are standing laying by the, uh, at its side, straight down, standing on two legs. And the face was looking off to the left, but then it was standing on the other side of a chain link fence. Um, the chain link fence came up midway to the back below its armpits and it was just standing there. I did not know what it was. It, it startled me so much that I didn't know really what to think about it because it wasn't a human and it, it was an animal standing there. So usually I tell my wife, I'm like, oh, look, there's a deer, there's a bear, there's a moose. But I was so shocked, I was speechless for about 15 seconds going down the road. And finally, I look over to my wife and said, did you see that? And she jerks over looking at me and says, you saw it too? And so that just made me feel like I wasn't insane that, that she saw the same thing too. I had no answer for So I, I start questioning her, what did you see? And she starts describing the exact same thing that I saw. This huge animal standing on two legs, arms at the side, posture like a man, and looking to the left. She was able to see fur or hair on this creature. Um, me driving, I wasn't able to notice the fur or hair. But I did notice between the shoulder blades, there was a gray spot. The, the coloring was uh, black on this animal, but between the shoulders, it was gray. And I thought that was really odd. I've never seen a bear or a moose or anything that was dark black color with gray just between the shoulders like that. I'm sure that there is, but uh, the posture and the flat face really is what stood out to me. Um, so we started talking about exactly what we saw. We saw the same thing standing on the side of the road, on the other side of the fence, the fence came up midway to the back and my boys were asleep and I never really pull over to look at animals uh, when I'm with my family, it was a 10 hour drive or so, and we had just got on the road. So I wasn't going to, to stop and, and take time to, to do anything. But this was the first time in my 12 years of being married that I actually made the decision to turn around and go back and see it. My wife usually just wants to get on the road, get home, but we turned around to just get more evidence, more questions answered because it was so odd so different and spooky really is is the best answer for it uh my boys were asleep so we turned around we came back found the road and one thing that that w when we both figured that that fence was probably about a four foot fence for the height to come up that high on the back um and even if uh if our perception was correct. It was still a huge animal. It was a very large animal. So I get out of the car. I have a concealed carry permit. I draw my pistol and I walk up and I, I figured nothing would be there, but I was still spooked and I've never done this before. So I get out, walked up to the fence. And the number one thing that it scared the hell out of me right away was the size of the fence. It was not a four foot fence. The fence 
was about six and a half, almost seven feet tall. I stood flat footed next to the fence and I reached my hand as high up in the air as I could without stretching. And I was able to bend my wrist and put my hand on top of the fence. And I've measured that since then. It's about 80, 81 inches or so. So just the fence, the top of the fence comes up to like six foot eight, six foot nine. And so on the animal that still gives another two to three feet above the fence because that fence came below the armpits in the middle of the back for this creature. And when I had first seen it, the, the width of the shoulders really stood out. It was really wide at the shoulders. And by reference, referencing it to the size of the fence, those shoulders were at least four foot, maybe five foot in diameter was this creature's shoulders. And I'm just going to call it a Sasquatch because that is the only thing that fits what, what I saw. Um, and so I looked around, I looked for footprints. The ground was so dry that there's nothing to, to find. Um, but then I started checking the angles of where the road comes and where I could see the fence from the highway. And there's only one spot that, that you can see the fence at. And there was a, there was a little hill, but the hill was then hidden by trees and, and brush and you can't see it from the fence. The only place that this Sasquatch could have been standing was level with the bottom of the fence and, and flat right there. So I was trying to answer these questions in my head. How could something be that tall and that massive? Was it standing on a log? Was it standing on a hill? It was completely flat there. I have no explanation other than there was this massive Bigfoot that was standing there and we caught it trying to cross the road and it froze and looked over its shoulder to, to see us. And, and my wife saw the same thing. I, if she wouldn't have seen it, I wouldn't have turned around. I wouldn't have known that the fence was that high, that this animal was that big. And it just, uh, it still, it, it worries me or just kind of like, it's shocking to me to have actually seen something like this. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, they are bigger than most people realize, you know, when you come face to face with them, I'm glad you went back. Um, that would have been my impression too. I would have walked right up to the fence and been like, Oh my God, you know, because you saw it from what the back from about the back up. And you thought that's why you thought it was a four foot fence. Yeah. The chain link fence, I could see through it. So I could see it standing there, but, uh, with the shadows and everything, I only really noticed, um, the details, from middle to back where the fence was and up. I didn't get a chance to see if it had fingers or claws or anything like that. But yeah, I saw it from the back and it was about 30 to 40 yards away is my best guess from being so long ago and having it scare me so bad to, to try to remember that. But it, from that distance, I've, I've killed deer with my bow from that distance. It's not that far of a distance to be able to tell detail, even for two to three seconds with my experience being an outdoorsman, the, the, that, that back pro that back view with his face being profile gives me so much information, um, that I, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. And I'm surprised you went back. Uh, I, I, well, and not really, actually, I think most people would probably turn the car around and go back. Uh, what does your wife think of yeah. all of this? Well, 
she was pretty scared. She stayed in the truck and I think she locked me out, but, um, she, she was shocked that she saw the same thing. Uh, I don't think she would have said anything if I would have said it first, because she looked at me and she's like, you saw it too. It made an impression on her to the point that she was as speechless as I was for 10 to 15 seconds after seeing that. Cause she's not that outdoorsy. She likes shopping and makeup and stuff like that. But she, we live in Wyoming wildlife and nature is just part of what we see all the time. And so she does enjoy seeing animals. So for her to, to be as speechless as me says, says volumes. So she, she definitely believes that it was a Sasquatch and, uh, with her already not being outdoors, she, she doesn't want to go camping or go hunting with me anymore. Yeah, I don't blame her. I don't get a ton of reports from Wyoming, but I, I don't blame her. You know, it's uh, a lot of times when people see that face, especially from a profile view, uh, that's what a lot of witnesses will say. They'll say it had a flat face. It was completely flat. And it's little details like that, you know, even though it was only a couple seconds as you're, I'm sure time was in slow motion as you're passing this thing. Uh, but little mm-hmm. details like that, you know, different things that other witnesses say, uh, very fascinating encounter. Yeah, it it's it's something that uh like one of the reasons why i just love your show is i've tried to share this with people and if people haven't had an encounter or aren't really really interested in it they just kind of shrug it off they're like yeah sure whatever but but being able to share it on your show with people that have had experiences and encounters it's kind of like scratching the itch that i've been trying to to do for so long and uh it's made such a huge impression that that is going to last with me forever. And, and the idea of me going out in the woods and knowing that there's a creature this big, it it's shocking and scary to me because standing there at the fence, it, if I would have had my hand straight up in the air, it wouldn't, I wouldn't even be able to touch his chin. I might've been able to jump up in the air and, and touch his chin. Uh, and that, you can't really grasp the size of it until you can reference it with something. And when I first saw it, my my brain started trying to reference it with anything I knew in the the past. When, once I got up to that spot, it was so much bigger than I could have imagined. I grew up uh, watching Harry and the Hendersons. I I love that show. And I think the actor that played um, Harry, wasn't he like six, eight, six, nine or so. And like the proportion I think that he was. He also played the Predator in the, with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie oh, The Predator. But I think it was like six eight, six nine, and the proportions. That's what I kind of have always associated with Bigfoot. But this, the shoulders were so much wider, and he was so much taller. It it was two feet taller than the Bigfoot on Harry and the Hendersons, and so it's still hard to kind of realize that height and the width and the the size of the arms. I remember the arms were just huge, just like a big muscle bound guy at the gym. That's all swollen and, and taking steroids that his arms stick out to the side. And, and, and this thing would have made anyone look puny. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's the biggest thing that scares people beyond, um, you know, that this thing should exist. I think what, uh, probably the number two thing that would scare people the most is just the physical size of it. Uh, you know, it's like you and I were talking the other day. A lot of times, in like in your home, the ceiling is eight feet up. You know, I'm six foot, so that's two feet above my head. 
And think about that for a moment. I mean, that's if you're standing in a, in your room, normal homes, uh, your average homes, not normal homes, average homes, uh, mm, the, yeah. the ceiling's up about eight feet. So think about that. And then sometimes people are running into nine foot and 10 foot. It's amazing that these things can hide as well as they do. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that if anything is out there in the woods and isn't seen more often with the size of it. Um, because at work, we own a photography studio and our ceilings are 12 feet tall. And so that thing came up two feet from the studio. And those ceilings are massive. If you have have a reference like that, like your, your eight-foot house home or, or something like that, to, to think of something that big that is also that wide, that, that's what shocked me was the width of this thing and when I went up to the fence. But that wide, that tall, the, the muscles on that thing that is out in the woods that can, can be smart and intellectual and, and is intelligent, it's just, I, I think if it was just an animal, then uh, would be one thing. But for them to not be seen as much and be able to hide and be able to do some of the things that you your guests have showed or shared on their the, the show is really scary it really is and uh, you're right about the shoulders they definitely will get you if, if you ever see one with uh, most uh, most descriptions they have the wide wide shoulders but you know even in my own encounter i remember still to this day the shoulders is i mean everything else impresses you but uh, you tend to focus in on one thing, and I remember just focusing in on those shoulders and just being in awe on how wide that thing is. So I get it completely, man, especially when you're passing this yeah. thing. Um, you know, having – you're right. You, you have kind of in your mind, I think, before you have an encounter of what Sasquatch will look like, uh, you know, like Harry and the Hendersons or the Patterson-Gimlin. But it's so much more when you see them. Yeah. Um, there is a – I can't remember what it is. I was just looking yesterday, but there's a, a different, uh, another Bigfoot show. I think that, uh, that you have had him on your show and you, but anyways, his picture for his, his radio show or whatever is a hunter. It's in black and white and he's standing next to a Sasquatch and he only comes up right above like the belly button or something. And that, that was the size and the proportion of it. If you can imagine coming face to face, I'm five foot nine. Um, but face to face, just to above something's belly button, that's that's just so crazy. It 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 doesn't compute in my mind until I saw this thing. I completely get it, and I'm glad you had the experience. You know, to, to especially something like that when you're in a car and you're passing, you're driving by it. Like I said, I think that's the encounter most people want, uh, or you know, crossing in front of you or something like that. But you know, being able, being safe in a car. Um, but I really appreciate you coming on, Nick, and, and sharing yeah. the encounter very much. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely it made an impression on me, and it's something I'll, I'll never forget. And part of me wishes that I would have seen movement. And, I mean, you're just kind of frozen there. But, like, I, I wish sometimes I would have seen it do something a little more if I, or if I would have just slammed on my brakes and uh, given my kids – seatbelt burn probably (laughs) but just to see just to see something it do something but we were going so fast it it still i got a lot of information and it's made a huge impact on the way that i see not just the outdoors and wildlife but just the world and what what society tells you is right or wrong it's like until you've seen something you can't tell me jack about what's actually true or not so 
it's really changed the way I see a lot of things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thank you again. Absolutely, Wes. I, I really appreciate this outlet to be able to, to share with everyone and, and I'll continue listening on and, and be a huge supporter of you guys. So I really appreciate it, Wes. Thanks, Nick. Well, next up on the show, I want to welcome Clint, who is the uh, coolest uh, sixth grade teacher out there in Indiana. And uh, <laughs> Clint, if you would kind of tell us about what you did in your class. I, I, I wish I could go back to uh, sixth grade and, and join your class. But if you would, for the audience, kind of tell us what you did in your class. Okay, sure, Wes. Uh, thanks for having me on. So basically the last three days of school the is usually just a lot of downtime and to keep the kids interested this year, the principal had told us that he wanted us just to take three days, teach about something that we would enjoy teaching. And so I decided to do a class on Bigfoot. What happened was I got the kids into the class. Um, I started the class by, you know, asking who believes in Bigfoot, you know, who doesn't and who thinks, you know, might be, might not be. And basically I had, 24 kids in my morning class and 24 kids in my afternoon class and it was pretty much divided into thirds. There was about eight kids that believed, eight that didn't, and eight that were really kind of just in the middle. Didn't know what to think. From there we just, um, you know, we kind of talked about uh, the Native American legends, uh, showed a couple of videos that I found on legends and that kind of entails and that kind of thing, you know, and then I showed a video that was pretty cool. It was a uh, I don't remember the exact name of it, but it had like what each tribe, you know, named Sasquatch or Bigfoot. And so that was kind of cool. And we, you know, we talked about how the Native Americans, some of them believed that they were, that, you know, the Sasquatch was cannibals and would steal their children and that kind of thing. Um, and then basically we just kind of talked about how the people in the American West, um, you know, were seen Bigfoot we and we I read the um oh I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head but the one that Theodore Roosevelt talked about with the uh, two mountain men oh yeah which is a, yeah which is a really good um really good one where they they went up into that canyon and they got separated and the Bigfoot killed the one guy and then the other one just kind of left from there we went on into Really, just like into the 1958s, I think what was the guy uh, Jim Jim Crew, the bulldozer operator in yeah, California. Jerry Crew. Yeah, Jerry yeah, Crew. yeah, yeah, Jerry Crew, and uh, we talked about him, and you know we read read a little bit about that, and then we we really we focused real hard on the Patterson film the first day of class. Um, I showed the I showed the Patterson film several times, you know, had the kids talk about it. Um, then I showed a, a documentary that I think was on like National Geographic where um, some guy, some video guy was like breaking it down to see, you know, whether he thought it was a real or, or a hoax. And so, and that was, that really brought up some great conversation. You know, you know how sixth grade kids are. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they can, yeah, they can think of some good stuff. And so, um, you know, we spent a lot of time on the Patterson film on the first day. And it was it was really good. That was really about it for the first day. One of my favorite was when I asked them about, you know, whether they believed or not. And I, 
one there was one kid that raised his hand that didn't believe and I go I go why why don't you believe Bigfoot and he goes are, are you serious uh you know a seven to nine foot bipedal ape running around America please and so I thought that was kind of funny yeah but yeah, yeah. kids got a point and do what I said the kid's got a point. Kid's got a good yeah, point. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. And, you know, you always, like I said, uh, when I talked to you earlier this week, the the first question they always ask me is, do I believe? And I was just like, you know what, I'm kind of on the fence. I, you know, there's got to be something out there because there's got to be some kind of, there's got to be something to all the eyewitness accounts. I said all these people can't just be loony. So, and, you know, with the, and I think I think some of the kids like when they realized that the you know that the Native Americans had even talked about Bigfoot and stuff. I think they they sort of they sort of started to to think, wow, there must really be something to this. So that was pretty much the first day. The second day, we we uh, we watched the Legend of Boggy Creek, which was uh, which was pretty good because I think it was really like the first time that I had seen it, and I. I enjoyed it. I mean, I told the kids beforehand, I said, you know, this isn't going to be a 2000, you know, movie blockbuster where you're going to see all this high tech, you know, high five, you know, kind of stuff. And, and, uh, so, you know, for a seventies show, they, they kind of enjoyed it, especially at the end. I had a couple of, couple of kids that were a little scared with the, with the ending of it where the, where the, uh, Sasquatch grabbed the guy, but, and then we uh, we really kind of hit into Bigfoot in Indiana at that point, and so I played them, you know, a couple of your podcasts from people that were here, our encounters in Indiana, and so and then that that really brought up some discussion too about how Bigfoot can, you know, be in all these built up areas and and be hidden, and so that was kind of cool too. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really, really yeah. cool. You know, I'm not big yeah. on public speaking, but if I was in Indiana, I would have came down and, and been there, and I would have loved to have come seen the class. Uh, it, yeah, no, I, that that would have been cool. I tried to get there was a there's a guy here in Indiana that's a local Bigfoot kind of guy, and I I had emailed him and never heard back from him. So it would have been nice to have a have a speaker come in and 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 talk to the kids. I think that would have been. That would have been really cool too. You have to let me know if you do it next year. I'll, I'll make plans to come. I'll bring cast for the okay. kids, and I'll bring uh, I'll bring some cool stuff for them. Again, I'm not into public speaking, but um, I definitely would do it right. for, the, for them. You know, it's like you and I were talking the other day. Some of the best questions I've ever had were from kids. Uh, but what were right. some of the questions the kids asked? Um, you know that you know a lot of it just had to do with uh, you know Bigfoot. If Bigfoot's out there, how come nobody's ever shot one? Especially when, you know, they're out in the woods and there's hunters out there. You know, I was, I talked about, well, you know, there really was. I mean, there's been some incidents where hunters have said that they've shot a Bigfoot. And I played the uh, the one from Coast to Coast, I think it was, with Art Bell and the guy named Bugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where him and his buddies said that they shot two of them. And so, and we talked about that a little bit some, and let's see, I'm trying to think of what all the, a lot of it really had to do with, uh, you know, whether he was, whether it was really out there or not. Um, and then there was one boy the second day that raised his hand and goes, he goes, Mr. Nass, he goes, I think, 
I think uh, I think Bigfoot's real. I think he's out there, and I think the government's been covering it up the whole time. And I was like, that came straight out of left field because I had never brought any of that up. And so then I had to, so then I, you know, I had to run with that. You know, I told him about some of the stuff that I'd heard on your show about how the government was covering it up and how these two guys come out whenever there's, you know, a sighting or whatever and tell people that they, they really didn't see what they saw or it was just a bear. And that really, that really got some interest. Wonder if that kid's looking for a job. I could use a part-time co-host. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, no. like I said, some of the best questions come from kids, you know, it's uh, and I think it's really cool that you did that. I mean, I, I I was thinking about my sixth grade, how my sixth grade was, and that would never happen. It seems like, you know, they, there's so much that's taught that's so monotonous stuff you have to learn, but right. it's stuff you don't really want to learn. Uh, and to take a right. break for the last three days to learn about Sasquatch, I think is really cool. And uh, if I was. If I was in sixth grade again, I would think, God, this, you know, uh, Clint's the coolest sixth grade teacher ever. This is the coolest, you know, because, uh, right. you know, I mean, most most people don't do that. Most teachers don't do that. And it's it's not so much that you're teaching them whether Sasquatch exists or not, but you're teaching them, uh, you're giving them comprehensive skills. You're giving them common sense skills. Listen to this. Tell me what you think. Listen to this. Tell me what you think. Look at this. Tell me what right. you think. And that's something I always try and right. push to people who listen to the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, and don't take the eyewitness testimony for it. Um, go look for yourself. Go research this yourself. Go investigate the subject yourself and use your yeah. own comprehensive skills, and you'll probably come up with the same conclusion. Whether you have an encounter or not, it's irrelevant. Look into this, right. and you'll probably start to come to the conclusion that this is real. Uh, it's like I was telling you before, you know— if let's say 99% of everyone's lying and 99% of everyone's looking for attention, if one person's right. telling the truth, then there's something to it. Right. Right. And I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, there's, there's gotta be something to it. I mean, you know, with the native American legends and, and, you know, all the stories of the wild men and the, you know, in the 1800s, I, 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 I agree. I, I, I believe that there is something to the story. Um, Something else I was going to talk about, like the first day we talked about the, uh, we talked about the uh, four types of Bigfoot, you know, and I got that from your guys' podcast, and I I showed them the uh, the Todd Standing videos, which was that really sparked up some some big interest, uh, and, you know, and then I showed some of the some of the videos that they had people had done that showed that you know that he was kind of that it might be a hoax his videos might be a hoax where they like superimposed his face over, over the Sasquatch's face on the, the number two video. And so, you know, basically that that's why I kind of taught this, the class was because it, it gave the students the opportunity to think and to express what, you know, what they were thinking. The last day of class, we watched the uh, national G or I think it was a history channel documentary on uh, Bigfoot. And really one of the best ones I think is out there right now, um, you know, and it talks about some of the encounters and especially like the, uh, the Chapman story and Alberta. And so we watched that and then, you know, we, we talked a little bit at the end of class and I asked them again, you know, whether they believe 
don't believe or, you know, they're still on the fence. And, you know, there was a couple of kids that were, that didn't believe that were now kind of on the fence, but it really, it it shook out to really be about the same. Uh, It was about a third of the class that believed, a third that didn't, and a third that was kind of on the fence. Like I said, it it was fun. I had a great time doing it. I do plan on doing it again next year. So, Well, shoot me an email next time you do it. You know, give me a a month or two advance. And if you want, I'll come out. Uh, if you want someone, uh, someone local, I could probably find someone local for you. Uh, but I think yeah. it's super cool. You you never know the seed that you plant. You know, when I was uh, in kindergarten, we went and saw Chief Aluska, and uh, uh-huh. Laluska. I always say Chief Aluska, but it's Laluska. And um, he had the. We went and saw him, and and he did this. Um, dance about the wild woman in the woods and how she would steal children and eat them. And uh, mm-hmm. it's funny because Woody and I were just talking about it. I was like, you would never see uh, school systems doing that nowadays. You'd never get, you know, there'd be too much um, politics, right. too much people getting upset. Oh, you're teaching these kids that there's monsters in the woods eating people. But it was probably to this day, being an, an older guy now, it was Hands yeah. down, one of the most things I still think of in my life, it'd probably be in my top 10 list of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life, as sad as that sounds, but it really made an impression on me when I was a little kid. And I had no idea they were talking about Sasquatch. I thought it was just some crazy Native American woman that the Natives were talking about that would go out and steal children and eat them. You know, at, at kindergarten age, I couldn't comprehend what he was talking about. Uh, but looking right. back, now I get it. But, you know, little stuff like that, it plants a seed. And I think that generation that you just gave that presentation to will probably be the generation that solves this mystery. I don't think it'll happen in my time. I think it'll be one of these kids that comes forward. And and uh, But I, I always think of Chief Laluska back on fond memories and wonder what he would think about today if he would have known one of those little kindergartners that was there during his presentation now has a show called Sasquatch Chronicles. Uh, that talks to right. I, I always wonder what he would have thought about that. Um, not that that's the reason why I started Sasquatch Chronicles, but how it right. made such an impression on me. And and now looking back on it, now I'm like, oh, now I get it. Now I get understand what he was talking about. This wild woman of the woods that would steal children and eat them. I, I get it now. Uh, at the time, I didn't right. understand what he was talking about. But um, you never know the seed you plant with with kids and you know who knows with one of these kids they might end up growing up and solving the mystery you know what i mean how great would that be uh, that would be pretty cool that'd be pretty cool i i hope one of them does actually i hope i hope someday they they decide to if it is a government cover-up which you know wouldn't surprise me i i hope that one day that they they finally do tell us so no oh, i do too and you know like i said if next year you want me to come out there man i'll fly out there Spend a couple of days out there, and and uh, if nothing else, hell, I, I'd love to sit and watch your presentation and sit and listen to uh, what you have yeah. to say. And I could bring cool things for the kids. You know, kids always like track casts, and um, right. I, I used to have a huge collection, but I ended up giving it away to mainly kids uh, that were interested. They, you know, we'd be at an event, right. and I'd be showing them the cast, and they're really fascinated by it. And I'm like, I'll just take it; it's yours, you know, and. Um, right. You know, it's for me, it's what I'm going to do, hang it on the wall. Um, but, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'd love to come out, man. I'd love to come out and, that, uh, be present. That'd be great. I'd love to have you out there. We did have one girl in our, uh, let me go back a little bit. So both the classes had 24 kids in them. 
and uh, I had one girl in the morning class and one girl in the in the afternoon class. So that was kind of that was kind of neat that you know there, there were a couple of girls that were interested in it. And actually, the one in my afternoon class, she knew a lot about Bigfoot because apparently her dad had found some footprints, and you know they used to they used to watch all the stuff. And she was funny because she would she would be talking about what are we gonna what are the boogers going to do today? She kept calling them boogers, you know, just like they did in the South. And I thought that was kind of funny. So <laughs> yeah, she was, she was really on the ball. She goes, so are you going to have somebody from the BFRO out talk to us? <laughs> and so no I kidding. was like, you know, most people don't even know about the BRFO except for what they've seen on, you know, that finding Bigfoot show. So she was on the ball and she, she was good. She, she had a lot of good questions too. You know, like, why do they call them boogers and that kind of thing? And some of the questions that I just couldn't answer. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, yeah. you know, some of the most intelligent questions I've ever gotten were from kids. Uh, you would think it'd right. be Bigfoot researchers, but it's not. Uh, it's actually kids. Right. And some of the best eyewitness testimony I've ever gotten were kids. I hate to say that. I'd love to say, oh, it was from a cop or it was from a military guy or it was from a senator. Right. Uh, but hands down, right. some of the best testimony I've ever gotten were from kids. Um, right. And so, uh, I, you know, is <laughs> someone from the VFR going to come out? That's cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. So that was basically it. Yeah, I just, you know, I just, um, I did a lot of research, you know, a couple months beforehand and, and just kind of, kind of gave them what I knew and, I would love to have you out next year if, if that's something you'd be interested in because I know I know the kids would would like that. Oh yeah, no, I'll come out for the kids. Um, <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> it's harder to get me, cool. you know, even if you paid me money to come to a uh, speaking event. That's probably not going to happen. But to come speak to a bunch of kids right. for free, uh, I'm on it. Uh, I'll come <laughs> You're out. On it, I'll, huh? I'll definitely come out and talk to them, and I'll, I'll bring out some cool stuff for the kids too as well. But. Um, I appreciate you doing that, Clint, very much, and uh, I appreciate you listening to the show. And uh, you, you have to go down and hands down as the coolest sixth grade teacher ever. Well, thank you, thank you, Les, and thank you for your show. Yeah, I'm, I, I've enjoyed it over the last uh, several months, and uh, I, I look forward to it, uh, listening to them all the time. So, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. All right, thanks, Les. Next up on the show, I want to welcome uh, Daryl, and uh, Daryl had this picture. He sent me this picture, and you can check it out if you go to SasquatchChronicles.com. Uh, you can see it underneath this episode of these two red eyes, um, and he'll be talking about that tonight. Uh, Daryl, you were on, what, uh, episode 293? 293, yes. 293. Yeah, and, and you had sent me this picture. I'd posted it to the blog, and I was really, um, <laughs> I don't know what to think of that picture. Uh, but it's two red eyes. But if you would, for the audience, maybe tell us how this picture came about and uh, give, us, give us a little bit of information on it. Sure. Yeah, that is a creepy picture, to say the least. Uh, actually, my stepdaughter took that picture. Uh, she was staying at her aunt's house. And um, she woke up one morning about 2 o'clock. It was in the middle of the week, 2 o'clock. I guess she had to go to the bathroom. And um, her window was open. And uh, she saw these two red eyes, for lack of a better term. And she stared it down, and it kept blinking at her. Uh, it stared her down for about 
two minutes. Uh, now she had her girlfriend with her and she woke her up and her girlfriend woke up and saw it. And, uh, as soon as she saw it, uh, all of a sudden it got, whatever it was, got scared and left. The funny thing is that windows, uh, the bottom window ledge is about six and a half feet off the ground. So that had to be at least seven feet tall to even look in the window like it was. Now I did ask her if she had a light on in the room and she had a small light that, uh, was pointed out into the hallway. And I said, now, you sure it wasn't reflection? She said, no, when she saw the eye, she moved the light back and forth slightly. It was a little desk lamp and, uh, it didn't change. So, uh, it wasn't a reflection. And I said, well, do you think it could have been an animal out there? So, well, first of all, there's no trees out there at that end. Uh, she said, if it would have been something like a squirrel or something that would have come down off the roof, they would have heard it walk on the roof because they have those a lot and there was no noise. Uh, I did ask her, I said, did it make any noise while I was sitting there? She says, not a sound. It was absolutely quiet. Um, yeah, so that's uh, pretty much the extent of it. Now, they live at the end of a cul-de-sac, and it's pitch black back there. And 20 feet from that window, there is a steep embankment that goes down to a creek that's all covered over with uh, trees and things like that. So it's extremely secluded, and it's... Uh, I mean, there's really nothing around there. Yeah. Now, she does live on the edge, edge of York City. Well, not of York. Well, East York. It's not really York City, East York. And um, she's in a development, but she's at the end of the development where there's nothing. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what the pictures look like when you were showing me, you know, around that bedroom window. This happened in Pennsylvania, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, York, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. I was showing Woody... Not not a lot of comments on the website. I was kind of surprised, but I was showing Woody, and I said, "Do you think?" He's like, "Do you think this is an owl?" And you know, because Woody's the most, as you and I were talking the other day, Woody's the most skeptical person you ever met in your life, and uh, he'll <laughs> he'll be really quick to call BS on just about anything, uh, even almost to the point where he doesn't even stop to think about it. You know, I'll show him different things, and I'll be like, "You sure you want to give it maybe like ten seconds to think first before you?" He's like, "No, no." But I showed him that picture, and I said, "Do you think this is an owl?" And he goes, "Eyes are too far apart." Then I showed him the window, and he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. It looks like something was standing there because that window is pretty high up. Uh, when he talked to your, your uh, stepdaughter, did she hear it walk off? No, she, she said she didn't really hear anything, which was surprising. But then again, she was excited, let's put it that way. Uh, and she kept trying to hit her girlfriend and say, wake up, wake up, wake up. You know, and uh, so, yeah, she really didn't hear anything. Um, and I asked her, I said, now, when it left, did it, did it turn? Did it just drop down? Did it fly away? What did it do? And she says, she wasn't really sure, but she said it was there one minute. And then she, she looked down at her girlfriend and looked up and it was gone. Yeah, that's odd. She didn't hear it. She didn't hear it run off or she didn't hear it walk off. And, uh, you know, the other thing too, you're right. That window, it looks high up. I mean, I don't, I didn't put a measuring stick to it, but it looks pretty high up, but where the eyes are at, even look even higher up. It looks like its eyes are almost at the top of that window. Uh, that was the impression I That's, got from, from looking at it. Well, let's see. The, um, the window is open, and what you see is the bottom part of the, of the bottom pane all the way open. So you're looking about halfway up the window. I got you. That's still pretty high up. Yeah, I'm 6'4", I'm and my head, if I go on my tiptoes, just touches the bottom of the window. And is it your, your wife's sister? 
that owns the yes. property. Have you talked mm-hmm. to her? Has she seen anything or heard anything around that property? You know, I, I've talked to her and she really didn't say much. And then I explained to her what I saw and, and everything else. And her only, her only thing was, she says, uh, it's a good thing she has a house alarm and she has it alarmed at night while she sleeps. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, but yeah. Uh, and also my shade. stepdaughter, after I explained to her what, what we thought it was, uh, she doesn't sleep the window open anymore either. Yeah. And she pulls the shades. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave that window open anymore. And, and, you know, I, again, I, the more I look at that picture and the more I look at the, the picture of the window, I just don't buy into the fact that's an owl. The strange thing about it is the eyes appear to be glowing. That's what the weird part mm-hmm. about the, um, you know, I have witnesses all the time, and they'll say the eyes were glowing, and I'll ask them, do you think it was eye shine that you're seeing? I mean, do you really think it was glowing? And everyone that's seen it is very firm on the fact that, yes, they were glowing. And when you look at this picture, it looks like glowing They're red glowing. eyes. Yeah, it looks like glowing red eyes, doesn't oh, yeah. it? And that's the first thing I asked her. I said, now, okay, what about the lighting room? She said, she said, Dad, it was blinking at me. And right then I was almost speechless because, you know, reflection and stuff, they, they don't blink. <laughs> and yeah. she moved the light around and it didn't make any difference. She said it was, it was still the same. Uh, it's very, very creepy. I don't think I'd want to be down there at night. No, I wouldn't either. Well, you'll have to keep me up to date. Let me know what happens if anything else happens around that home. Uh, it's very oh, odd. Absolutely. It's a very odd picture to to say the least. Yeah, I'm gonna. When it, no, we've had recently had a lot of rain and stuff here the last couple of days, so I might go over there tomorrow and see if I can see any tracks or anything. Because I mean, if it came back once, it's probably going to come back again. Definitely take a look around, see if you can find prints, but be careful yeah. as you do. You know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I have a, a yellow streak a mile wide. I'm not going to take any chances. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on, Daryl, and uh, talking about the photo very much. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you having me back. Thanks a lot, Wes. Well, I want to welcome uh, Brenda Harris to the show. Brenda, thanks for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, I always enjoy it's talking to you. Yeah, no, it's been a long time. It's been too long. Uh, thank you again for coming on. Uh, before we get sure. into some of these investigations that you've been doing and giving giving us an update of uh, what's going on there in New Mexico, uh, you're going to be at the, um, the the New Mexico Bigfoot and Paranormal Conference uh, that's coming up. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, we'll be having a conference, uh, like you said, be August the 25th and the 26th, which will be next month. Uh, we'll have uh, some speakers, if you don't mind me showing the names of speakers. There's um, uh, a guy from, uh, I'm sorry, he's a good friend of ours, too, um, uh, Jim King, goes by Bear, uh, the uh, Bigfoot Outlaws. They'll be there uh, speaking at the conference, uh, along with myself and uh, my teammates that will be there speaking as well, too. Uh, we'll be sharing a lot of things that's you know, been going on around here, plus what they have to bring to the table to for the people to hear out here as well and that uh, we'll you know have that on a friday and uh on a all day on saturday well cool is there a um i don't know if there's a website for it i remember seeing it last year um and i remember wanting to go last year uh but it's the new mexico bigfoot and paranormal conference do they have a website or anything brenda do you know i i have a i, I just posted the flyer so what i could do 
is I could, well, I also posted on my team page, New Mexico Bigfoot, um, New Mexico Shadow Seekers is uh, our uh, team page, and I put a flyer up there. Uh, what I could do is I could shoot one out to you if you would like to post it on your page, or that would be awesome. Please do. I'd be happy to do that for you. Um, if you would, you. I, I know you're always investigating, um, even early on in the show, uh, when I used to have, I used to love to talk with you because you always, uh, you go out there and you, you talk to people, you do one-on-one investigations. You're constantly, especially around the tribe. One thing I always appreciated about what you did was, uh, you went out to try and help people. And that was the whole, uh, that was your whole agenda basically to help people. And I always respected that very much. Um, but can you Thank give you. us any updates from, from New Mexico? Tell us what's going on there. If there's any new, uh, encounters that sure. you can share with us. Sure. There's quite a few of them, as a matter of fact. Um, the most, um, well, there's quite a few of them, like I said. I'll start with one that um, a family that lives in the, um, I believe in the trailer court, they've been hearing this thing come, you know, yelling quite a bit. And I've been uh, keeping up uh, a lot with this gentleman and his family. Uh, they had uh, contacted me back in uh, October of last year. And uh, as a matter of fact, me and uh, my teammate, Don Lee, we were out on a different location, probably about oh, maybe 15 miles approximately, about, you know, far from each other. Um, while we were out there investigating this one area, I get a message about midnight. <clears throat> Gentlemen said, hey, you know, we're well, trying to get in contact with me, and they found me on Facebook. Uh, his wife contacts me and said, hey, we got... Um, we got something at our at our place, you know. If you could come right now, it'd be great, you know. So uh, they, as we took off from there, and they told me that they had they, there's a a young one, a young, very young juvenile on their property, and they were happened to be sitting outside. So we dropped what we were doing out how at one location, flew back this way, and uh, we found the gentleman, and they showed us where they were sitting and. They were sitting outside just, you know, having a, a nice evening, late evening, and there's, and all of a sudden, the wife sees something standing by the tree. And she's like, oh, my God, look at that. You know, what, what is that? Of course, you know, the uh, moonlight was out, so it's fairly bright. And they could see this very small individual. Uh, they're assuming it's a, a very young juvenile uh, Sasquatch, you know, standing between the trees there, and they were just watching it. And they said they was doing something, and they just, you know, watched them. Like, oh, my God, there it is, you know. And, like, what's, you know, where's the big one at? You know, they were kind of afraid because, of, you know, they've always heard that the big ones usually buy pretty close, you know. So they um, <clears throat> just kind of uh, watched it, and they flashed the light towards the flashlight, and they got, you know, the eye shine, and then it took off running back down towards the river. Well, this area, um, like I said, um, it's, it's been pretty active uh, throughout the whole world. Oh, geez, for been quite some time now. Well, it's kind of um, gotten more, um, even more so since then. Um, <clears throat> they've had, to, as a matter of fact, he called me a couple of days ago, earlier in this week, which will be back on Tuesday. Uh, he texted me late at night about midnight, uh, about 12.30 is when he texted me when I checked the time and he said that, hey, this thing is in the back and his wife was back there in the back and um, I'm not sure what she was doing outside in the back, but, 
you know, this thing is over the fence in the next field. She's watching this thing. She said it was pretty big. And they uh, uh, flashed a line again. They got eye shine. I believe there was two of them, she said. And that was just uh, within this past week. Now, in this same area, about two and a half months ago, well, actually, yeah, about two and a half months ago now, in this area, there's other families that live in this area that live in mobile homes, also that live in houses. Well, one night, about oh, about 11 o'clock, um, they heard this thing yell. They said this scream was very loud. They, you know, people around their knees said that as soon as they heard that thing yell, they're like, oh, my God, what was that? You know, they've never heard a, a scream like that and yelled, you know, and as soon as that went off, all the people, all the neighbors, one by one, everybody was turning on their back lights behind their house, finding, you know, flashing their flashlights. One of them was like, what the heck was that? And so, you know, they kept watching and it started moving back to the west. And it happened again about two, probably three days later, it did it again. Now, this time it was pretty close to the same area, but a little bit closer to L an individual in his mobile home, they heard this yell, and they're like, we're not staying here anymore. We're leaving. As a matter of fact, two families were um, <clears throat> moving out of there. They said that they, whatever that thing is, that is big, and it's very loud. That really scared a lot of the families in that area. So as far as I know, I believe two or three, two families definitely were moving out of that particular area. How are people describing this creature, the ones that have actually seen it beyond eyeshine, are they describing more of an ape or are they describing it more of a person? What are some of the descriptions you're getting from this specific area? I, I, I get uh, both. Some say it's that they look like um, almost like a, a, a monkey, uh, but the face, the, they say that it has more kind of a human look to it, but it's covered all in hair. The eye color, they say, is red. Uh, this thing moves very fast. They evolve. So this this gentleman that actually seen the young one and the big one uh, actually saw it right across the road from his mobile home in the field. It dropped on all four legs and it it did a little yell and it took off, darted right back down towards the river. He said the height of this thing, the biggest one that they've seen in that particular area, is um, six and a half feet to seven. Seven and a half feet, I believe. Um, it's not very muscular, uh, kind of uh, scraggy looking, but they're, they also have seen some that uh, are very, you know, very muscular. Uh, those are the descriptions that I've been getting quite a bit of. Have you gotten any aggressive reports out of this area, or is it mainly just the screaming and the things lurking around? Um, I've, um, the aggressiveness is... Um, this uh, one has, um, well, this is in another area where um, a lady got up one morning to feed, uh, feed her um, her dogs. She had a female German Shepherd plus four puppies. Well, she went to go feed them um, in the morning when she went out to the back. All of them were dead, and uh, all of their necks were broken. And uh, this is, and they happen to live right along the area. I've been getting quite a few reports on that. Uh, not only that, but also another area where a gentleman <clears throat> is having the problems with one that, you know, 
uh, turning the doorknobs like it wants to get in. You know, it's pretty obvious it could get in. I don't know if it's just probably just trying to scare the family or what is, you know, what is uh, his intentions of doing so. I, you know, they're trying to figure it out. So, you know, I, I talk with the gentleman and I he related a message back to them. You know, if you guys do some of this and this and try setting up some cameras, you know, it's really weird and <clears throat> kind of odd how they know what the cameras are and they usually stop. You know, they'll either go elsewhere or they'll go around the camera. Um, since they've set up the um, cameras, um, that seems to help quite a bit. And I also have uh, said in the past, and, uh, and then I still tell the people today, get, try to get as much light as you can up around your property because they don't like the light. You know, but also I always tell them, you know, be aware because they are becoming more daring out in the light. Um, they don't come out just during the night time. Uh, there's been some daytime reportings as well. Yeah, and I you generally give people that same advice, and that same advice I give to people I actually got from you, Brenda, about lighting the place mm-hmm. up, putting up cameras. Um, you know, a lot of the advice people hear me say, it's stuff I've regurgitated from you uh, on, on mm-hmm. what to do. But don't you think it's odd that they avoid the cameras? I mean, there's no other predator. i got to be careful I say this because I, I want to make sure I'm right. Um well, I guess I'll go ahead and say it. there's hardly any other predator on the planet that avoids cameras the way Sasquatch avoids cameras. And it's weird, don't I you know. think? It is. It, it really is. You know, um, how do they know it's a camera first, in the first place? Um, why doesn't? You know, those are all the questions that every researcher, I believe, has in their mind. How do they know it's there? And you can hide it and conceal it as, as good as you can. You know, most of the times you're lucky to get, you know, a picture, a, a partial of a, a leg or an arm, even a head or body-wise, you know. Um, how do they know? that? That's a really good question. I asked myself that question as well. Um, people, some believe that they can hear the, what do you call it, the, the batteries, uh, the camera that make, it makes, you know, noise. Of course, we don't hear it. I mean, they have some very good ears. They can hear uh, they can hear, you know, long ways. They can smell you from a very long distance. Um, yeah, I often. I, I would say it has to be. It has, would have to be the, the sound of the camera that it's making. Um, yeah, I used to think that there was a weird one with uh, M.K. Davis. I remember he put up uh, this video of these people that claimed to have Sasquatches all over their property, and they could never get mm-hmm. them on camera. They would even stand inside the home with a camera and try and capture them, but these things would never come around. And what the homeowner ended up doing, gosh, I wish I could find the video. I'll have to, um, maybe I'll have to send it to MK, see if he can send it to me. Uh, there was one where this woman had set up a camera, pointed to a mirror that was facing the front door, and she actually got mm-hmm. two or three of these things wrestling around in the yard. I mean, they look like, uh, if I didn't know better, I'd say, well, it's a bunch of apes in this woman's yard, and they're wrestling around in the yard, but she had to actually take the camera, point it to the mirror, and then it was capturing a reflection off the mirror of what was going on in the front yard. And basically the homeowner uh-huh. was saying every time they go out with a camera or they turn on a camera, these things scatter like there's no tomorrow. And it was just mm-hmm. weird that they went to that degree to try and capture them on film. That always stuck with me. I yeah. always wondered why did they... But um, what other updates do you have there around New Mexico? Um, I, there's also... Oh, let me see here. Oh, like I, uh, it's the earlier in the, uh, I would say spring, 
I, uh, my husband, Becky, stopped by our place. And he says, hey, you know, we, um, he was with his girlfriend. And they told me right away, hey, can you come over to our place? We really need to show you something. And I'm like, yeah, sure. She goes, it's a handprint. And she goes, it's, it's on my sister's ride. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I dropped everything. Later on that day, I took off over there. And um, and it it was a big handprint. She said it wasn't the first time that it had happened. I guess October of last year, um, it left a handprint on her ride again. Or that was the first time. And then this spring, late spring here, um, it left it. It's a pretty big handprint. What I'll do is I'll, I'll show you out the picture. And if you want to show that, that's fine. Um, yeah, please do. She was telling me that uh, there was an evening where they were home and they were just watching TV. <clears throat> and the um, TV was like right underneath the, the window. So they had like a, a lace as a curtain, you know, and they were just sitting there watching TV. And they noticed something really looking in the window. They were like, oh my gosh, what is that? And so they got up to maybe she looked and there was standing at that window watching them. I believe the next night or a couple of nights later, she said that her little girl was, um, <clears throat> must have heard something outside and she um, thought she could hear the dogs really barking. So she um, looked out the window, the little girl looked out the window and she goes, Mom, Mom, look, look, there's a monkey it's sitting right there by the tree. She goes, oh, no, it's not. It's, it's that tree stump. No, no, Mom, look, you, you come here, look, you know. She goes, it's little, it's a little, it's just sitting there. It's doing something by the tree. You know, again, the mom's like, no, that, you just, no, there's there's no monkey there, you know. So she finally looks out the window, and she couldn't believe that. I mean, it was just right there. I mean, open the door, and there's the tree, and, and it's sitting right there, and it's, you know, playing with something or doing something. And they said that she just watched it for a few minutes, and then it, uh, they must have he either tapped the window or something, and it got up and, and it took off. Now, this area, there's um, one of their neighbors that lives, uh, maybe, oh, let me see, maybe half a mile from them. This gentleman, he does not you know, want to be put around his property. So when the family knows that it's around their place, is when that gentleman's uh, he he'll fire off his um, his AK because he doesn't want this thing on his property. Um, he's 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 uh, shot his gun off quite a few times, and that's what they were telling me. So when they hear that gunshot, we know that it's around. Because our dogs, they they you know they really just go nuts when it's you know it's around. You can hear the dogs, you know they start crying, they get scared. So you know that that's. Um, what's been going on in that area. In another area, um, this lady has been having uh, problems with one that's been, you know, constantly bothering her horse. And um, it'll leave scratch marks on on its uh, back behind there, on its back leg, and also on its neck. You'll have uh, scratch marks, uh, some pretty deep wounds on this uh, this neck area and, and the back leg. Well, just uh, <clears throat> earlier in the summer, last month, um, the beginning of June, I get a call and she says, hey, this thing came back in it, and it really needs you to come take a look at this, uh, what it did to the corral. Her husband and, and you know, her, they were just happened to put up um, 
a new side uh, siding on the corral, new boards and stuff. And um, it, this thing just came in. And it just ripped it down. I mean, it just, like, bent the pole, you know. And the, the metal sheeting, of course, the metal sheeting is pretty easy to, to bend. But um, the way it, like, ripped, like, toward the uh, metal sheeting, on the side there, it's like, wow, I mean, it just, like, just pushed everything over. And they said they heard the um, horses, you know, really acting up late that night. Apparently, they got into the corral. We must have been trying to get one of the horses. Well, one of them darted out into the field, and um, the horse took off. But it just really just messed up their, their corral there. We get a lot of reports of it uh, um, going to people's homes and turning the doorknobs on people's homes, tapping on the window. Uh, I've gotten a lot of reports of that. Um, I wanted to ask you about that. You know, when you and I have talked, um, when I had you on the show a couple of years back, we talked about that, about them coming up to the windows and, and, you know, messing with the door handles. And But you rarely ever get Mm -hmm. any, and I get a lot of those reports today, but you rarely ever get any reports of them entering the home, which I think is odd. Um, have you had any reports where they actually did come in to the house? Uh, yes, I do. Um, there's a lady that um, was telling me that years ago, one had actually come into the house. That really scared her. And, of course, this thing, I don't I don't know if they knew if she was home or, you know, both of the husband and wife were home. Uh, this thing just, they just, like, opened the door and just came right in. And they're both standing there like, what the... Heck, and, you know, of course, it scared them, and it started right back out. Um, Did she, so that really scared them. Yeah, I can imagine. Did she describe what she saw, what actually came in to you? She said that it looked, uh, the face was, again, it looked like um, um, almost human-like, covered all in hair, and it wasn't very muscular again. You know, it's pretty tall, she said. Probably you're looking about six, six and a half, between six and a half and seven feet tall. The color of it was uh, a black, um, not very muscular. Uh, she said this one looked like it was uh, really scraggy looking. Uh, um, it looked like it was uh, kind of like sick, I guess, because it was kind of small, you know, body-wise. You know, um, maybe it was just hungry or I'm just, I don't know. She goes, but wow, that, that thing is, you know, it's, it's tall and, you know, to them it's big. And um, they said this thing was, you know, really, it just started right back out real fast. Um, I get also reports of it um, running, uh, walking or running a lot along the side of people's home and slapping the side of the homes. You know, people ask, well, why is it doing that? I mean, I get, I get quite a few reports of that. And, and what, I think what, what they do in it is when they slap the, the homes to see if either someone's home or to see where you're at in the house or, you know, if it's an abandoned house, you know, if, if you, it's something that I, I share with the, with the people, if you have an old abandoned shed or uh, a building that you're not using, um, it's just, you know, just there, uh, get rid of it because they're going to use that for shelter. Uh, you know, if you don't want these things around, you know, you don't want them living up in, in your shed there, you need to get that shed taken care of and get it out of there because they will make that as as a little home there. That's why they're doing that is stopping the side of the house to see if anybody's home, what kind of response are they going to get back. 
you know, for most people. Are they going to come out? Could be another way of them trying to get you out, lure you outside to where they're at. You know, when I um, I tell the people, don't, you know, don't go outside. You know, if you do, take somebody else out there with you. Because um, you never know. You don't really know. We we all don't really know what um, their intentions are. You know, we're still yeah. trying to figure them out. What you know? What are what? What do they want? You know, people always ask, "What what do they want? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that?" You know, it could be a number of things. Right now, we're, all we're doing is doing a lot of assuming and um, just watching. And listening out, you know, see what they're doing. It's kind of uh, a study, you know, like studying them. You want to, you 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 have a horse, okay? You have a horse, and the horse doesn't know you, but you need to get to know this horse. See how it works. See what they're doing. See what they like. And it's almost like the same way of doing, you know, watching this bigfoot. Okay, what do you want? You know, go away. A lot of people don't want these things around the horse, that around the house. I'm sorry. That's why they, you know, they they shoot at them. They don't they don't want them around, you know, causing problems for them. Now this is something else I'll bring up is people feed these things. Some people do, you know. People get, always ask me, you know, should I feed it? And I, I, I tell them it it's best not to. Now a lot of the people disagree with me on this, and that's fine. That's okay. And the reason why that I say don't feed them is because. You've got neighbors that live around you, and you're feeding this thing, and um, you go on vacation. Nobody's not going to feed that thing. Nothing's going to get mad, and it has happened out here. Uh, I know a, a, a lady that was doing this, and she was feeding, and I kept telling her, don't feed them, please. Just, just leave them feed. They can go get food elsewhere. Well, she went on vacation for about a week, for about two weeks, I believe, and she um, came back. Nobody didn't feed it, any food. She got back and went back there to the back, and they destroyed that their backyard. And they threw things around, and they got upset. Not only that, then they go on to the neighbor's place. They're looking for food on their property, and then they don't want this thing around. You know, the people that feed these things, you need to really think about your neighbors that live around you. And you're feeding it, and something happens, and like, oh my God, this thing got mad. Why? You know, why is it upset? Why? You know, somebody do something to it. Is that why it's it's getting aggressive? Think about your other neighbors. They don't want them here. You know, they don't know. Of course, they don't know that you're feeding these things. You know, and they're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. You know, you know. I that's the thing. Yeah, I just you know, it's up to you, but I I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, that's the advice I give to people is don't feed them. I mean, uh, and the analogy that I always use is, you know, if there was a grizzly bear in your backyard, would you feed it? And the answer every time is no. There's no way in hell I'd feed a grizzly bear. Well, you know, a Sasquatch mm-hmm. is, uh, can do as much harm as a grizzly bear. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you really have to. And I, I'm with you on that. I usually tell people not to feed it. Uh, just more or less mm-hmm. common sense, not because I have one in my garage I'm right. studying, and I, I know for a fact that feeding them is a bad idea. I just, for me, common sense says don't feed these things. Has there been any uh, dogman reports around there? Uh, yes. Um, there's been quite a few. There's been quite a few of those, too. Um, up there towards uh, the nap area where they, you know, 
the big old agricultural place where they grow hay and different varieties of um, vegetables up there. Um, there's one area that people always see it run across the road, and they say it's very big. Of course, I haven't seen it yet, but um, uh, they say that uh, it um, hangs around in this one area. And why it hangs around that area, you know, people try to figure that out. But I don't know, you know, because I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen one. But people have uh, informed me of it uh, out there, like the uh, Shiprock area. Uh, also, um, way out towards uh, in the mountains area, uh, they have seen it out there, too. Um, so it moves pretty quick, you know, pretty big. They say very big. There was one lady, let me share this one with you. Several years ago, I had gotten a report that um, something had been killing, um, and I took uh, her sheep. So a teammate and my daughter and I, we took off out there, and I talked with the lady and with the family, the mom and daughter, and they had uh, shared with me with what had happened about a week before I got there. And she said that uh, one morning, Saturday morning, they got up uh, really early to um, let out their sheep and their sheep dogs. Well, because they live up on top and they have a canyon down below, and they they do this every you know every day. Um, by seven o'clock in the morning, they um, open up the uh, the corral so all the sheep can um, get their sheep dogs leading back you know down into that corral or down into the canyon there. And they hang out there all day while the dogs do, you know, watch over them down there. So they'll be down there from 7 to, and then she said they start coming, the dogs start bringing the sheep back in about 4, four o'clock. Well, that morning, they let them out, the dogs, you know, let them down into the canyon there. And um, by 9 o'clock, they had the, the front door was open, I believe, and she noticed um, the daughter just happened to look, or the mom that happened to look, and they seen the sheep back up on, you know, but by the house, it's just like, what in the world? So they went outside and they started looking, you know, they're like, what, what, why are they back? You know, what's going on? So they um, got all the sheep that was back on top and they counted every one of them. They had uh, 30, a total of 30 sheep and rams all, all together, plus uh, their, um, I think it was four uh, sheep dogs. There was a sheep and a ram that was missing and one of their sheep dogs was missing. So they went driving back down into the can, they went down into the canyon to go see if they can go find them. And when they came, uh, drove down in there, came across this one area, they found the, um, the ram. The head was missing. The, the wool, the skin of the ram was ripped off its body and the body was gone. The, the skin was laying off to the side. So they were like, oh, man, what what attacked, you know, my uh, sheep and, and the ram? So they went driving down more to see if they could find the sheep and the, uh, the sheep dog. Well, they never did find it. It was gone. So they sat there. They went back to where they found the skin and the, uh, and the head. And uh, it was laying, you know, off to the side. And they just couldn't figure out, like, kind of been a pack of dogs that did that, you know, and she's just like, there's no way, you know, and I was like, no, it's got to be something, so they were just sitting in the truck, you know, and then 
my forehead was parked off to the right hand side of them. It's like down into like this little, uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, I'm going to say a ditch, but uh, where the water runs through. Uh, I can't think about this lost track of mine. Anyway, right across from there, there's a big mound of dirt. And um, the mom just happened to look at, was looking at her daughter, and she was talking to her, you know, looking, you know, looking at her, like trying to, trying to figure out what the heck happened and what killed the ram and, you know, took off with their dog and that sheep. And so they were talking there, and the mom just happens to, something catches her eye right across from where they were parked. Like I said, there's this big old mound of dirt. She sees something moving right there. And she just watched it, and she tells her daughter, look at that, there's something right there. It's They're like kind of leaning or sitting on that mound of dirt right there. And they just watched this thing that, what in the world, what is that? And so she said that a few seconds later, this thing got up. It stood up and it turned. And they're like, oh, my God, what is that? And what this thing looked like, what she described to me was it was really tall. This thing was very, very muscular. The color of it was silver, silver, silver grayish. It had a long, fluffy tail. It was walking around, and it stopped, and it looked right at them, at the mom and daughter. And that really scared them because that thing knew that they were there watching them. This thing was walking, walks around the mound, and and they seen something else moving behind that one. Well, this one gets up, too but it's a smaller one. This one is the same color. It got up, and what really scared them was that they, it, they said it was walking on two legs. The smaller one got up, walked, was walking right behind it, following the big one. Same color. This one's just a little bit smaller, very muscular, too. They said that it walked around the mound of that hill, and it disappeared. It was gone. They said they hightailed out of there after seeing that. <clears throat> and what they believe they seen was a, um, uh, what, you, what you call a dog man. Yeah, that's and interesting. That, that's, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's mm-hmm. it stuck around where the kill was at. Yeah. I uh, we, When we went down into that canyon, we looked around and we found the head of the, uh, the ram. Um, I'll, I'll shoot those pictures out to you if you want to uh, show those. I don't mind. Yeah, I'd love I'll to. I'll shoot that out to you as well. Yeah, one thing, have you noticed, Brenda, with a lot of Native Americans, they're very, uh, well, this is going to be a blanket statement, but they're very superstitious. Uh, Most, a lot of times they are, not always, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Mm -hmm. whenever you start talking about the dog man, I've noticed a lot of Native Americans clench up and don't want to talk about it. Uh, They'll talk about Mm -hmm. Sasquatch all day long. They'll talk about what's going on around the reservation. Uh, And the moment Mm -hmm. I bring up dog man, um, you know, I've heard some say it's a skinwalker. I've heard others say it's a spirit, yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times. But they're very superstitious when it comes to the dog, man. Why, yeah. why is that? Um, you, know, I, you know, I haven't really, um, really, uh, in, in, I guess, really dug deep into that. So I really can't answer your question. No, that's okay. On I that one, um, 
I just know that the, a lot of the natives they don't like to talk about it because it's almost like they it's um oh they say it's like you said skinwalkers. The skinwalker, um, I just don't even deal with at all because you know what those are. You know, it's nothing but uh, witchcraft. It's it's used like to harm, you know, family members or friends, and you know, and it's all due to like being, you know, jealous and stuff like that. Because you, one family could be doing better than another family, and so they go send a, a uh, go send this individual to a medicine man, have medicine man go, you know, harm these, you know, the family. You know, and, and it's sad that that's how it's been used quite a bit. Um, you know, used, I guess, way back a long time ago, they used to be used for good. But now it's like turned and, you know, being used for evil. Um, I just don't really get into that because, you know, like I said, it, it's just a lot of witchcraft that goes along with that. Um, Dogman and, and the Skinwalker, they, they kind of see that it's, it's the same thing. Uh, the people, they, you know, they do. Like you said, they shy away from they, or they don't. They just don't want to talk about it. And why that is is that a lot of it has to do with uh, superstitious, like you said. You know, um, even uh, like a, a lot of um, the people, they don't like black cats, and, and, and it terrifies them. You know, and uh, I've I've actually seen an individual that happens to live really close to us and this gentleman does not like black cats. We used to have a black cat and all of a sudden he disappeared and this man just does not like him. He's terrified of him and I would, I'm assuming that would be the same way with the dog man. It's, my, it's a little bit more to it that, but people are not really saying what. And they're being kind of quiet about that. And yeah. like you said, it's true that the natives will talk about the, the Sasquatch like any time of the day. But when it comes to skinwalker and to a dogman, those are kind of touchy subjects um, for the Native Americans, a lot of them. You know, like um, not a whole lot of them, they'll, you know, they'll speak up and talk about it, but not a lot of them will. And the ones that do talk about it and the ones that don't want to talk, but they get upset about it. You know, boy, they, they, they don't have some words. <laughs> Yeah, no, I noticed there's a younger generation that'll talk about the dogman. Even the younger generation doesn't like to talk about skinwalkers, and I, I don't blame them. I mean, if if you're thinking yeah. it's witchcraft, I don't I don't blame you one bit for not mm-hmm. talking about it. You mm-hmm. know, that's that old saying: you start talking about it, and then that starts paying attention to what you're talking about. You know, it's kind of like you you mm-hmm. start looking into the uh, what is it, the abyss, and the abyss starts looking back at you. And I think that's why a lot of Native Americans don't, you know, if if you think it's correlated Mm -hmm. with skinwalkers, of course, you're not going to talk about Mm -hmm. dogman, especially if it's in your mind, it's witchcraft, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to figure out what this dogman is because it does seem very physical. A lot most of the encounters I've heard, it's very physical. It's a physical creature. Um, I had a guy recently out of uh, actually out of your area and he was driving down an old country road, an old back road. And uh, he said that this, dog came running across the uh, the front of his truck and i said well what's mm-hmm. strange about that he goes wes it was on two legs and it was standing up like a man and it was as big as a man if not bigger he yeah. said that the head of it was a dog and it turned and looked at him and he said mm-hmm. he was terrified because it was it wasn't it wasn't like looking at a dog there was something weird mm-hmm. about it i guess beyond it being on two legs and running across the road like a man. But so you do get a lot of those reports. I mean, I get a lot of those reports of people seeing oh, yeah, this dog, yeah. man, you know? Yeah, I get, I get reports on that quite a bit. 
um, not as much as um, Bigfoot, but yeah, I guess I report. You know, I get more Bigfoot than I do Dogman, but we do have Dogman running around out here too as well. This is the mom and the daughter that you know uh, saw this thing. I said, what does the head look like? She says it looks just like like a dog, you know. And she goes, this thing was is big, you know, really, really muscular, long, fluffy tail. You know, and she said, and it was walking on two legs. And when they, you know, when she had saw and seen that little one too, she's like, oh my God, what in the world? And it, that really scared them. It really did. Those are reports that I get from different areas out here as well. A lot of the dogman reports um, tend to be more aggressive reports that I get. I had this uh, guy on one time, and he took a shot at one. He didn't know it was a dogman. He thought it was a coyote. It's kind of the same way the lady's describing it to you, a very silver, uh-huh. grayish color. And, and so he thought it was a coyote. Uh-huh. He took a shot at it. It stopped, turned around, <laughs> stood up, and looked right at him. And then he realized that wasn't a coyote. But the, the, the part of the story that was fascinating was he took off running back to his grandfather's home. Uh, which was a couple mm-hmm. miles away. And mm-hmm. when he gets back to the home, this thing followed him back to the home and would stand outside of his window growling at him. And that, you know, that yeah. always kind of stuck with me. It's like, you know, that isn't, I don't know that a lot of dogs have vengeance in their heart. I mean, if you said Sasquatch did, I, I could understand that as primates, you know, we're primates too. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. tend, you know, vengeance <laughs> is very much a revenge, not vengeance, but revenge is a very human-like trait. And you see it a lot of times with non-human primates. They'll, they'll ever, but mm-hmm. canines, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, what do you think that this mm-hmm. dog man is that people are seeing? Oh, man, I you know, I don't know. You know, when people say it, it's a um, dog, you know, because, I mean, they, I'm assuming dog. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing what the lady, what the mom and daughter are seeing. Where the man comes in, is it because they walk on two legs? That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, why why are they putting the man in that dog man, you know, man in there? Um, it doesn't have no features of a um a man face like a Bigfoot, you know, has a human uh, um facial, looks kinda human. Uh, but this dog man looks more like dog. Yeah. A, a huge dog. Um I'm not sure where they get the man from, unless it's it's the body wise, built wise, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, you I know, think it's I'm, just one of those slang terms, you know, like Bigfoot. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, it has a Bigfoot. Yeah. That's why we call it Bigfoot. But I think it's one of those slang terms. You're right, though. I've never had mm-hmm. actually an encounter where someone said, well, it looked kind of human like. It's always reported as yeah. a dog. Looks very much dog like. Yeah. But if you think about it, Brenda, when it gets up on two legs, that really doesn't make sense to me. I'm not a scientist, but that doesn't really make sense to me that a canine would get up on two legs. That'd be like a human walking on all fours 90% of the time. It, it doesn't really make sense. Why not just stand up and walk right. on two legs? But for a dog, mm-hmm. it makes more sense they'd be on four legs. They could do move faster. They could do a lot more. Yeah. They're built to be on, on four legs, and uh, it's strange. It's strange. I, I never it, really it bought into the dog man, but after having talked to so many witnesses uh, I'm convinced it's out there what it is I couldn't tell you it's yeah. a canine I guess of some sort I, I seen um, I seen a, a track that was fairly visible where you could really make it out it's, it's a big track a big canine track I mean 
it's bigger than my foot and I got baby feet. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'm like, you know, and the, uh, some of the, um, guys that, uh, are like, um, people that are having uh, encounters with Bigfoot, they're trying to say that, oh, it's probably the, the dog man that you're, um, mixing them up with. I'm like, no, I don't think so. Like, come on, guys, you know, clean your eyeglasses or something in your eyes. It's, it's clearly you can see that um, it is, it's, you know, it's Bigfoot is not is not a dog man. Look at the, you know, the um, how it walks, the how it leaves its footprint versus the dog man. You know, it's different. Maybe very, maybe a little similar to each other, but they're very different. And so, yeah. You know, people are kind of like, mm, maybe, maybe it was that dog man. Maybe it wasn't Bigfoot. But you know, I, I see more of the, of the Bigfoot prints myself than I do the uh, the dog man. You know, I've seen some of the uh, the prints of the dog man, and they're they're big too. They're just as big, you know, but shaped very differently, more canine uh, shaped. Yeah, and if I hadn't seen it for myself, I, I don't know what I'd, how I'd feel about it. But you're right; I, I did see one uh, uh, tracks one time of a dog man, and they were odd. They were weird tracks. Mm-hmm. Nothing like yeah. I'd ever seen before. I don't know what what you saw, Brenda, but the one I saw in Texas, the the heel went to like a V. If you were to take your hands and put the bottom yeah. of your um, the bottom of your hands together and make a V with your hand, that's exactly mm-hmm. how the heel of this thing went down and. Uh, I can't remember what the size of the track was. It was big, though. It was way bigger than a dog. Uh, you're right. It was kind of mm-hmm. like a Sasquatch track. It just looked different. It just was mm-hmm. odd. Yeah. I, I, you know, I haven't seen one. I'd like to see one, but, I, you know, I just I haven't seen that one. I see more Bigfoot than I do dog then. You know, but I do get the reports out here on them. Yeah. Well, you'll have to keep us up to date, Brenda. It's been too long since I've had you uh, on the show. Uh, and I know for the audience out there, uh, if they go to YouTube, uh, check out Brenda's channel, New Mexico Shadow Seekers uh, with Brenda Harris. Uh, she definitely puts up some good videos. And I give researchers a hard time all the time, Brenda, because <laughs> most of them are, they drive me nuts. But um, I absolutely love the work that you do. I've, I've always enjoyed talking to you, you. Um, back you. when we first started the show and and no one would come on. Uh, you would always come on. So I always appreciated that about you, uh, that you would always You're come welcome. on the show. I've learned a lot from talking yeah, to you too, as well. Oh, thank you. You know, it's, um, you know, like I've said in the past, you know, when I first started talking with you guys and did a radio show, um, me doing all of this, uh, research and stuff, you know, um, and people would ask me, how, how can you go out there and, and, and do this? And, you know, you just have to make yourself uh, famous and, and be rich from it. You, you can't make money off doing this. And that's not the reason why I'm doing this. My passion is I just want everybody out there. You know, just be careful. Be aware, very aware of your surroundings out there. And I'll say it and I'll keep saying it. Be careful. You know, we don't know a whole lot. We're still learning. We are right now, we're just like all assuming this, that this is what it's doing. This is, this is, this is family. You know, that's what they want you to think, but that could change in, in a split second. So be careful. You know, I just don't want anybody to get hurt out there. Be, 
be aware that uh, it might be in your area. I'm not saying that it is. It could be. You know, um, there's so much that, you know, we just need to, to look out for. Safety, that is my number one thing, you know, about this whole thing is, is be careful. You know, always try to have someone with you when you go out there looking around and stuff. Uh, you never know, you know. Um, that, that's, that is my whole deal. It's not, not me making, trying to make money or become famous from this. That, that's not what I'm about. No, I, I just want people out there to be careful. You know, plain and simple. You know, we may not, and I don't have all the answers. And all these top researchers, they don't have all the answers. We're all assuming. And, you know, I know a lot of them is like, oh, no, no, she don't know what she's talking about, blah, blah, blah. No, you know, it's true. If you sit down and really think about it, you're just assuming. I'm assuming this, 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 and that, you know. So, you know, we all have to be, just be really careful um, out there, you know. That's my main message is just be careful out there. Well, I've always appreciated that about you, and and being well known in the Bigfoot world isn't isn't what it's cracked up to be, uh, or being famous in the Bigfoot world isn't what it's cracked up to be. Uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's sometimes obscure. Being obscure is sometimes better. But um, either way, I've always appreciated that, Brenda, because you always do you do go out and you help a lot of people. And uh, in situations like this, you know, you can only call the tribal police so many times before they get annoyed with you and really don't want to deal. I don't think they want to deal with it anyway, but, um, so who oh, else? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. It's true. Who you else know, do you call? I, you, you know, know, I did get, you know, you're, you're so right. That that's so true. You know, people, you know, I call constantly won't come out here, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be out there. I don't care what time late at night it is, two, three, four o'clock in the morning. I'll be there. There are times when John Lee and I wouldn't get home until about five o'clock in the morning. There was one, Night we stayed out and we didn't get home till six. You know, and that's how late I am. I'm out most of the time, driving around, checking out and listening, get some recordings and stuff. And while I'm in that area, I'll check around on the and you know, around the neighbors. And you know, a lot of people out there don't know that I do this. I do. We do this. Our team. We do this on our own time. I don't ask for a donation. I I don't. You know, I do this because I care. And you know. Um, like I said, I just don't want anybody to get hurt out there. And um, I, I enjoy do, doing this. I, I really do. And and it goes back to when I first got the call from the two grandmas that were crying at the chapter house. Help me, help me. You know, I'm like, you know what? Someone needs to do something. Someone needs to speak and say something. And I, I took a big step. You know, I'm waiting for people to laugh at me, make fun of me. And that's all right. You know, go before the people, hey, you know, we need to talk about this. There's something going on out here. If I can just reach out to the people and do this and do that. You know, you know, I've got um, so many thank yous, more thank yous than I did getting made laugh of, you know, made fun of. And that's okay, you know. I just, that's why I got into this. You know, after I had, you know, spoke with the, the two old grandmas out here. Um, I mean, they were in tears, you know, help me, can you kill it? What can you do? It's taking my, well, my sheep, what, what what do I do, you know? You know, I sit and talk with them and, you know, go back to their home and they show me some things, you know, and I'm like, oh, my word, someone needs, someone needs to do something. What what can we do? I can get the word out. Someone needs to speak up and just let alone me here speaking before the people. And, you know, they were... 
so thankful that I brought it up. Nobody else wouldn't do it. But, you know, I did it because I cared. That's why I'm doing this. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, you know, even now, the, the radio shows that I do, um, not too long ago, last fall, as a matter of fact, I did another show. And after doing this show, I can't believe I, I got a message from a lady out there from France. I mean, out of the States. And I'm getting calls from uh, Canada. Thank you so much for the information. I never thought of doing this and doing that. Um, wow, you know, that's what it's about, reaching out to the people. If you can do this, these little things, maybe it'll help. Maybe it'll stir it away and it'll go somewhere else. That That is my goal, you know, and to reaching people out there that far. Apparently, I'm doing something right, <laughs> yeah. you know, and... And it, it was a, it's really amazing. It really is, you know, how a radio show can reach out to so many people out there in, in you know, in a very good way. Someone that's having a, a hard time with these things, you know, what do I do? Who do I call? Yeah, you know, right. and it, it is true. They're kind of like going to stump, like, oh, my, you know, cops are not going to come. They won't believe me. They think I'm crazy, you know. Um, and for people that listen to these shows, it's helped them so much by doing these little things, you know, and that's when I get a lot of messages. Thank you so much. And that, you know, just the thank you, that means so much to me. That means more, more words. Those thank you, two words right there, means more to me than money for being famous. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on, Brenda. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. And I'll, I'll shoot those pictures right out to you. And that's it for tonight, everyone. Remember, if you've had an encounter, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. Please check out sasquatchchronicles.com if you get a free moment. And I will see you guys next time. Have a great weekend, everyone.